Welcome to Launch Grow Harvest Podcast, Business Growth Coaching with Connie Buna and Roland Kim. Hi, everybody. This is Connie Buna. This is Roland Kim. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love talking about growth and learning. And learning. What works, for, what doesn't work for you? Yes. So we're talking, I think today I'd love to start the conversation with a little bit of acknowledgement on kind of where we're at. So we're finishing the year 2022. We are in a very interesting economic landscape with inflation has been historically this year running very high. Lots of response at the Bank of Canada's level to increase prime lending in an effort to cool inflation rates. Our economy is booming. (laughs) And so we have the Bank of Canada actively wanting to throw water on the flames of an amazing economy. Crazy. And still, this is here we are today. And so what are we doing as business people in 2023 with communications from a variety of sources saying we may be heading into a recession? We're certainly in a high interest rate environment. What are we doing as business people to change our habits, change our activities to navigate this new landscape? Great point and question. I think what I'm seeing a lot of the leaders that I aspire to be and folks I follow is going deeper with the things that are working in their business mm-hmm. that they want more of versus adding on more, you know, uh, tertiary engines or, or features. Okay. I really think in the previous landscape that we were in where the market was very busy and business was coming to you and you were more just transacting it, it was easy to think of creative ways of trying to find more business opportunities. Yeah. And in that time, although your main core engines and lead sources were working, it's not until it slows down a bit where you notice, oh my gosh, I should do a better job in where you know 80% of my business comes from. Yes. And so I think a lot of folks have wasted or spent energy on the 20% versus where 80% of their business comes from. Okay. Go deeper. Give me examples. So an example of that is it's relationships. If I think the best business, be it a real estate business or whatever, is you need one core engine that typically always needs to be your sphere, your your database that you're growing, that you're adding value to, the relationships that you're building. And um, when times are great and, and business is happening, we sometimes uh, you know forget about... Um, staying consistent about adding value to those folks. And even more so on that front, really recognizing the the people you have in your database that are providing you a higher than average return of business, return of referrals. And you can, you know, we call them an ambassadors in our world and you can um, forget about them. Not that you don't love them just as much as you did when you were doing a better job of you know, telling them that they were great and you yes. valued them. But years can pass and, and your business can struggle simply by or not get the success it could get by not giving the focus on your sphere. Mm-hmm. To the sphere is, in my opinion, you need three other lead engines in, in a healthy business. And I find often we don't really take a moment to sit back and see where is our business coming from and what are some of my natural engines that I'm running with, that I'm operating by. Mm -hmm. And often we try and implement or attach engines that aren't our sweet spot. So an example in real estate would be if you're a new realtor, you always hear about door knocking or cold calling. I've never done that in my life. 
because luckily I recognize I'm not comfortable with it. It's not something that fills me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that that's where the opportunity is, is to get real with your business, to get deep in the areas that are working yeah. and to be loyal to the areas where the business is coming from. And one of the ways, if you're struggling to even understand what that might look like, so for for new folks just embarking in their business, you know, you might be thinking like, okay, I literally don't have a single solitary client. How do I start? What's my first step? And so, you know, my advice to those people, especially as we're embarking in a new year, is you don't know what you don't know. So regardless of the conditions of the market, activities are everything. Align yourself in an environment that w- is invested in your success. Get yourself into places where you're going to talk to people. Okay, so <laughs> what that looks like is, and I mean this like absolutely literally, is if you are actually serious about building your network and you feel shy to call the people that you know, then you need to start somewhere. That looks like potentially going to networking events. That looks like going to community events. That looks like hosting open houses. That sometimes looks like literally standing in front of your brokerage and 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 giving out a flyer and talking to people as they're walking by. And the list goes on in terms of the creativity and the places that people will get to from a creative perspective. But don't fool yourself into thinking that talking on the internet to your own screen is the same as face-to-face contacts, okay? So I see lots of new realtors working hard to get their faces out there on social media and good on you. That is amazing. But if you are not getting engagement, you're tricking yourself into thinking that you're working. And so pointing people to your channels when you meet people, connecting with them and following them so they follow you back so they they can hear and see from you is magic. And nothing is better than absolutely 100% face-to-face, like belly-to-belly contacts and conversations. So really committing to a strategy in at the onset of your business on, and as Roland shared earlier, like you don't need to go with 10 strategies three to four business strategies on how you're going to be meeting new people. We call that lead generation. Every single business runs on lead generation. Otherwise, you literally don't have a business. Maybe you're a doctor and you don't, people are walking through the door, but even doctors have leads. Definitely. Yes. What are some of the best practices that you're going to apply in the next 12 months? I think we're moving into a into a period of time where I've said this before and I will say it again there's no such thing as a bad lead. So lead tracking, so keeping in contact with capturing contact information and key pieces of information about a person so that when you speak with them again you can remember what you talked about previously. I know that for myself, for the you know vast majority of my career, like I just have a good memory for those nuggets, and so I can pick up where I left off with somebody. And it literally, like I had a listing appointment with clients yesterday, and I met with them more than two years ago. Met with them in 2019, and I remembered their son. I remembered what he was studying in college. 
I remembered that he was going to school in Toronto. I remembered why they were wanting to consider potentially selling their home or not selling their home. Like, And I didn't reference back to my notes. So just I'm quirky that way. What I'm noticing though myself is that the more conversations that I'm having with people, the less I'm wanting to rely on my memory. And so for me, I'm getting much more disciplined around helping myself, my future self, by taking notes, leaving myself clues so that when I connect with somebody again, we don't have to go back to the basics. Like we're connecting from where we left off previously, as opposed to backtracking. So I have committed to, again, every lead is a good lead, lead nurturing, lead follow-up, lead tracking, and really carefully taking the moment it takes after an interaction with somebody to leave myself some some decent notes so I know what I want to start by talking about for the next communication. Uh, It's funny. It's, you know, you're not going to talk with a client so many times. It's not like it's happening every day. And yet we often don't, like you said, take the notes. Mm -hmm. And the difference is they really can sense how much you care when you can pick up a conversation and you know you're jumping right into it with uh, current mm-hmm. you know information and names and notes and such a powerful thing are you ready to build a stronger financial future but don't know where to start connect with our advisors with prometheus private advisory group we commit to understanding where you are financially today and where you want to be tomorrow by providing you the knowledge tools and guidance through achievable objectives we can help reach your financial goals quicker For more information and a free consultation, email ben.chan at ppagroup.ca. A stronger financial future starts today. So as we're ending, you know, this podcast is getting recorded towards the end of 2022. What are some of your goals for 23 and how are you going to go about manifesting them and making sure they come through? Myself, personally, I have a commitment to continuing. So my theme in 2022 was around my management of my calendar and time blocking. And so I have a, I'm doubling down on that commitment. I'm trying to really assess my calendar to ensure that I'm giving the appropriate actions the right time slot. Okay. And so Tell what me more I'm, about that. Yeah. What I, so what I mean by that is sometimes, for example, we can get into the bad habit of giving all of our amazing and great energy out maybe during in the middle of the day in, yep. during the day and then at night when we go home to our families we're depleted mm. and we're we're at zero there's no more gas left in the tank so you know my personal commitment is to make sure that my calendar is organized in such a way that when i go home i still have some of the best parts of myself for my most important people how do you do that So for me, that looks like ensuring that, for example, I've blocked time for like either personal meditation or fitness. Like those things for me have a direct impact on my mental health and my well-being. And I find when I'm in a good headspace, I don't feel drained. Like if I'm not doing those things for myself, I can get into a very bad habit of, you know, getting up in the morning after we finish them. Like I, I get up early. So sometimes I'll get up early, do some work. Children are up. We do the whole kid routine, get the kids out the door. And then I'm at work in appointments, sort of in a back-to-back capacity. 
until 5.30 and then I'm home and lots of other things are still pressing and weighing on me, which takes me out of the moment. It takes me away from being present with my family. And so for myself, being more disciplined, learning how to set some boundaries. So a great example of that, for example, for me is I had an experience yesterday where I picked up my four-year-old from daycare. So pick her up at five o'clock. And I realized when I got back home that I had a missed call. And it was a listing client that I'm nurturing and sent me a text to say, hey, we've just met with the home stager. I'd love to talk with you if we could talk. And um, my past self would have locked myself in the bathroom and made that phone call right away. Okay. Now I'm at home alone with my four-year-old. She's been in daycare all day. My current self was honest with my client to say, thank you so much for for the text. I can't talk right now. I'm alone with my four-year-old. Here's when I'm available to talk. Mm. I'm available to talk after 8 p.m. or I can call you in the morning. What works best for you? She said the morning would be great. I said, perfect. I'll call you at 9.15. And so I just, just by doing that, I then cleared my mental headspace to actually have a great evening with my kid. And I wasn't pulled away and I wasn't thinking about that conversation or thinking, oh gosh, I have to get back to that client. I just, it was, it was a, it was not a heart boundary by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just setting expectations. And I think that's a learned thing for me around setting expectations. And so Part of my commitment in 2023 is, you know, what we know about our service industry. We are in a service industry. We're in a very intense business. Clients have a lot of emotion. They they often, if they're reaching out to you, want to hear from you right away. And so connecting with your client to say, how urgent is this? Assessing the urgency and then and then offering them the time. Most people are totally fine with that. Yeah. And I mean, the counter to that is, and we see it often, is when someone is responding and they're not in the right spot. And so they're giving a short response Mm. or, you know, kind of the old adage we always say, um, they're doing the opposite of this, which is, you know, I don't want to give you the quick answer. I want to give you the right answer. And, And they jump on the phone and give the quick answer, which is not the best answer. And no one's happy that that person's gone out of their comfort zone and locked themselves in a bathroom when their four-year-old's, you know, outside asking for attention and and uh, the client doesn't get the best response and feels like they're not being valued when all they needed to be told is right now is not the best time, you know, and, and can we talk at some other options? Yeah, I always try to think about that in the context of, especially when it relates to boundaries around my personal time. Mm-hmm. I always, like, I have excellent boundaries when I'm with a client. Like, I would never answer the phone in the middle of a listing appointment. Imagine. So why is it okay to answer the phone in the middle of dinner with your family, right? Unless you're literally actively in negotiations right now. Yes. And you haven't communicated to the other co-op agent, like, I'm, I'm blocked for 40 minutes. You cannot reach me for 40 minutes. Like, we're not heart surgeons, (laughs) right? So no one's going to die. And so I'm learning to get better. Oftentimes, it's just communicating and setting expectations. And ultimately, so for 2023, it looks to me like, as I get back to, you know, honoring my time blocks, like honoring the habits in my life that I know 
help me be a better person. They help me be a better business person. They help me be a better business partner. They help me be a better parent. They help me be a better partner. They help me be a better friend. There are so many things that we can do that are beneficial to us directly and then indirectly impact almost every factor of our lives. So that's a huge focus of my attention for 2023. The other focus of my attention is taking back ownership around my lead flow as a business person. In busy, busy market climates, these are things that can get ignored or offloaded or shared with other people. And it's not that sharing with other people is wrong, but if you haven't taken the time as a business person to set the standard for how these leads are going to be managed, you are squandering valuable business opportunities. Definitely. No, I think you nailed two of those really well. And you're, it's, I can see the impact. I can see, you know, it's clear that you and your partner are setting intentional goals together, are doing uh, check-ins. Um, and then also with um, you know your your active um, reengagement in the the mindset that there's no such thing as a bad lead and, and taking control of that is going to have such a big impact. On the first one, there it's interesting in you know in the last six years that we've co-owned the brokerage there and seeing a lot of agents flourish and and some not as quickly. Often, I think a lot of it comes back to communication between their partnership between uh, and goal setting together. Mm, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think often we share too little with our life partners. Mm-hmm. And that's where it can possibly have the biggest impact in the direction and the longevity of the relationship. Yeah, totally. This has been an interesting journey for me personally. It's something I've worked with my my business coach on quite a bit. The concept of engagement, so many business people just, you know, they they kind of, when they come home at the end of the day, they don't want to talk about work anymore. And so their spouse or partner may be sort of in the dark on what's going on for them. And I've made a personal commitment in my family to keep my spouse engaged for a variety of reasons. Number one, so that there is shared accountability around the goals and the objectives also so that there's line of sight into the 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 why on why some things take an important position in our lives and also because for me personally my life is not siloed so much of my professional experience bleeds into my family and my life and vice versa and so one of the more powerful things that my partner and I have been doing recently and we're engaged in a process right now where we are setting and we we're goal setters my wife is a planner literally in 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 her personality fundamentally as well as in her profession so we've been fairly good at at like sort of planning together but we're doing this really deep dive to visualize sort of a a five year goals together as a family and those goals will be for each of us individually for our families for our family our primary family as well as our extended family and it's a really amazing exercise we were sitting down on sunday night we have a workbook that we're working through together and it was a really neat experience this is you know goal planning and goal setting has been a a very familiar part of my life for f- more than 15 years and it's not something that my partner and i've ever done together and with such intention and she kind of popped her eyes up at me on Sunday night as we were going through the prompts. And she was like, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, this is tough. And it's like, yeah, it is. It's a, it's an amazing opportunity. And also sometimes it can be like, oh gosh, I don't know what 
extra homework for it feels yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, partner? How what is what does that look like in your home? Yeah. So like definitely um I still feel like lots of room for improvement. So I feel we have four kids under nine. So the moments of time together are still really hard to find, but we are doing a better job of when the kids go down of kind of debriefing, you know, I'd say on average for 20 minutes to half an hour. And then also recognizing to get some time alone for the next maybe 45 minutes. And whether that's, you know, watching a show, workout, or, or finish some work tasks. And that is important because it's, it's, you're running really busy. And, you know, often my response to something happening at the home is perceived entirely different if your partner knows what's going on. And also it makes you more accountable to figure out like, you, you know, are you giving too much attention and time to something that doesn't need it? It's yes. not worth it. And on that front, I think um, like, how do you go about setting new goals or, or mm. you know, if you want to make changes, do you have any suggestions or tips on maybe like a 30 day reset or writing a business plan? What would you do? Well, one of the things that I think is often overlooked is actually the rearview mirror assessments. Looking back, so for most of us, we'll have a little bit of a track record. Even if we're coming from another business, we may have a bit of a track record to look at. So one of the things that I think are really, really powerful exercises in planning is the retrospective. So looking at your numbers, really assessing what your number... So what was your database at the beginning of the year? What is it at today? If you're rooted in a database business like we are, and like the vast majority of folks in our industry are, your database is your lifeline. How many new people have been added into your sphere? How many people have left? That's a, an important exercise, that scrub and clean of your, of your database to ensure you have an accurate picture of how many folks are in your world. Also, exercise that, that I've been doing recently is reviewing my calendar. What did my time blocks look like? How many appointments was I attending on a weekly and a monthly basis? And when I look at my appointment numbers, can I find my ratios? How many appointments did I have to closed units? What are the relationships or ratios there? And another critically important step in review is reviewing your finances. What was your GCI last year? What was your spend? How much money did you spend on marketing? How much money did you spend on meals out? How much money did you spend on gifts? Are you holding your expenses accountable? So certainly in booming times, we can all fall into the trap or the bad habits of not really paying close attention. I mean, perhaps we've all had that experience where two, three months go by and you haven't looked at the visa bill because it's just getting paid automatically. It's just money's just coming out of the bank account. So you're not interrogating the bill to make sure it's correct. I know that for myself personally, almost every time I actually look with intention at my uh, cell phone bill or my visa bill, I find something. You know, just recently I found, you know, frankly, an error on the phone bill. And it was like a $66 credit in the at the end of the day. And also I found a line that on an old iPad where I was paying like 10 bucks a month, I didn't even realize it. And I've been literally making a donation to Rogers because <laughs> they give excellent service when they're working. Just kidding. Not kidding. Um, but anyway, I, I found- Did you get a tax receipt? I didn't get a tax receipt for that donation, unfortunately. But long story short is, you know, that's uh, reviewing 
and assessing where you've come from will help you set the course and direction for the next year. I love the exercise of business planning. We've talked about business planning in the past and we can never talk enough about the planning piece, but without review, without connecting and checking back in with your goals, it's all just an exercise, right? So there's power in, I'm fairly old school. I have a book. I write in that book and I enjoy that experience. I do think that there's kinetic power in like write literally writing out goals. And so that's something that I think I'm, I'm doubling down on for 2023. Yeah, I think you framed it so well where um, one, a lot of people don't do any goal setting, which is obviously a big fail. And then a lot of folks see it as a you know once a year event. And I would say anyone that's trying to get better in this area, don't try and you know create a perfect business plan for the year ahead. You know, go as detailed as you can handle, but you know, make sure that you have something written down. And that's as simple as like, what's your, you know, your big goal for the year? And then what are some of the strategies to get you there and check in on it monthly. Yeah. And if you did that every month, you're going to see improvement. And mm-hmm. actually, I don't know if we ever talked about this, but this is um, the year-end letter that you write to yourself. It's an interesting experience to go through. So if you had you know, 20 minutes of time, you should write a letter to yourself and visualize yourself 12 months in advance and um, someone's run into you on the street and they ask you, you know, how's it going? And you're telling them, oh, nine out of 10 in most yeah. circles of my world. And describe what that looks like from personal to business to spiritual health. And then, you know, seal that letter and, and put it away for a while. A lot of things come from that. Later, when you look at it, you'll have hopefully lots of success and mm-hmm. get really close to hitting a lot of those nines. You'll also sometimes realize that there's things you write down that you're not committed to, but for some reason, you know, you you speak about it every year. For me, for a long time, it was doing a triathlon and I hate swimming and I always wrote it down as something I was going to do, but like, I really don't like swimming. So it's yeah. not, it's not my sport. And it gives you a reflection point. And again, you know, we're all just practicing in this body and life that we're trying to get better every year and every day. And and that's a way of being on that path. Awesome. That's great. Roland, it's been a delight to talk with you today. Thank you, Connie. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. (laughs) 